You are listening to Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast, modern tales of an ancient pursuit. You'll find the website at leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Mark Twain said, keep away from those who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you believe that you too can become great. Let's talk about ambition has no expiration date. People under 40 tend to think that as you get older, your ambitions wane. I too was once 40. I thought the same thing. Till I grew older, I hit 50. Then I hit 60. My ambitions changed, but if anything, I would tell you that they intensified. And then I hit 65 and the intensity that Well, that has grown even more intense. As I hit the record button, I'm 65. Just turned 65 this year. Compared to my younger ambitions, um, yes, they're different. There's little question. But my current ambitions are much, much more focused. At least that's how it feels to me. My resolve is far deeper than it was when I was younger. I'm supposing that there are a number of reasons for this, uh, none of the least of which is the realization that time is moving quickly through the hourglass of life. And so a question that continues to roll around for many of us who are older, grayer, balder, uh, if not now, when? If not now, when? And it's a really good question. And there isn't a good answer other than, well, now, now, now would be a good time. A memory uh, popped up in my Facebook timeline from seven years ago, back in 2015. And it was a quote by Hugh Laurie. You may know Hugh Laurie as the actor who played that doctor, Dr. House. Uh, in the TV series house. In fact, the yellow studio, I've told this story before, but the yellow studio came about because of his boss, Dr. Cuddy, who was the hospital administrator on that show. She had an office and the walls of her office were this kind of French's mustard yellow walls. And the, and when I saw on the TV show, I saw her office. I said to Rhonda that, I I like that. I I like the color of those walls. And so the room got painted that color yellow, and here we are. Hugh Laurie, though, had a quote that I had posted over on Facebook back in 2015. I reposted it, and it says this. It's a terrible thing, I think, in life to wait until you're ready. I have this feeling now that actually no one is ever ready to do anything. There's almost no such thing as ready. There's only now. 
and you may as well do it now. Generally speaking, now is as good a time as any. And of course, he's right, and that quote is right. And it's particularly right and meaningful as we talk about ambition having no expiration date. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't change. They clearly do. Ralph Walter Emerson wrote, without ambition, one starts nothing. Without work, one finishes nothing. The prize will not be sent to you. You have to win it. Um, it could be argued that ambition is hard. I would probably have a counter argument that a lack of ambition is harder, right? It's kind of that you see it in social media, you know, choose your hard ambitions, hard lack of ambition. I think harder Helen Keller is quoted as having said, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet only through experience of trial and suffering. Can the soul be strengthened ambition inspired and success achieved. And that's true for all of us, pain, struggle, sorrow, adversity, all of us experience these things. And if you're listening to me, you are experiencing all of these things at some level right now. It's just the universality of life. Every day we are experiencing these things. And if you don't think so, it's just because you don't know. And I don't know either. We run across people all the time, whether casually uh, or otherwise, and we can assume, man, boy, they got it going on. Uh, my wife and I recently took a pilgrimage over to Arkansas, and on the way we were having some conversations about a, a, a couple of folks who, from an outward appearance, man, really got it going on. And in particular, she was talking about how one particular individual that we know who boy, it just seems really got it going on. And another person that we know who looks at that person with just great admiration, if not a degree of envy, jealousy, and even covetousness. And she made a remark, if only they knew. And there's the rub. If only we knew. Because we are consumed with our problems, and it can be very easy for us to assume that somebody else does not have that problem or they don't have a problem anywhere close to that one. They couldn't possibly relate to the problem that we have. And mostly I think we notice others when their problems seem heavier than ours, but come on. I mean, are we going to spend a whole lot of time judging the heaviness of a burden? Are we going to spend a whole lot of time judging the degree of, of sorrow and struggle and pain and adversity? I mean, we could, you could, it just seems a real act of futility for me. The lessons of life and the lessons of wisdom. I mean, come on, it is leaning toward wisdom.com. These are taught to us through all of these difficulties, all of these daily, hourly, weekly, monthly, annual difficulties that we, we all face. They change. They change. Uh, Rhonda has not had a new vehicle in over 15 years. She had an old Honda that was her daily driver. It was mostly kind of our, if you 
could say family car, uh, even though we've been empty nesters for over 20 years. And it recently encountered some problems and challenges. And so we sold it and we're buying a new vehicle for the first time in 15 years. Yeah. That's how we roll. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get, we get this really strong urge for a new vehicle every 15 years. Um, that difficulty or opportunity, you could say of having a car that's kind of at the end of its, of its time with us, at least because I'm not, I I'm not a mechanic. I'm not, I'm not that guy, you know, let's get it up on jacks and let's do the repairs. I'm not that guy. I admire guys who are, but as dirty Harry said, a man's got to know his limitations. Well, I, I've got plenty of limitations. And so a really nice guy bought the car and he's got the capacity and the wherewithal and the motivation to, to do what needs to be done to get this car in, in a little better shape. And it runs like a top, but you know, it needs brakes and it needs a few things here and there. And I could look at that and go, oh man, you know, that's the last thing we need right now. You know, we don't need to be spending money on it. I mean, come on, look in this economy, I've never, ever paid sticker price for a vehicle till now. Okay. Well, welcome to 2022. Well, welcome to the economy. This is the life that we, we have. And I could sit back and go, oh man, you know, just, and I'm not going to say that I didn't do that for a moment or two. But very quickly, what happened for me, so the ambition now is, okay, what are we going to do? We need to do something as far as a vehicle goes. Well, we're Honda folks, so we've ordered a Honda CRV, a new 2023 model. Oh, I could have saved a little bit of money and gotten a 2022, but they've made some in my opinion, they've made some substantial changes to that particular vehicle. And I wanted the, the newer model for her. So found a dealer that, you know, highly reputable one that we've worked with before and had a, a perfectly lovely lady helping us. And anyway, that, that's all going swimmingly, but it's way different than any other purchase of a vehicle I've ever made. You know, I, I would call and say, okay, you got this thing in stock and I'm interested in it and how much you want for it. And you know, the negotiations kick back and forth and you do what you got to do. And I'm used to getting, I'm not that guy who goes in shopping for payments because I don't want payments. I don't want debt. We just wait until we can afford it. That's just how life has been for us. I very quickly when we had the car trouble and it was like, Oh man, you know, awful timing. Like there's a good time. There is no good time for problems. There is no good time for pain. There's no good time for struggle or sorrow or adversity, but I very quickly realized, but we are in a position. Unlike a whole lot of folks, we are in a position that we can do something. And the something that we can do isn't, try to scramble around and 
rake together all of the coins under the cushions to try to figure out a way to keep this old vehicle going or to find something used that might get us through. But we have the ability. We're not independently wealthy, not by a long shot. But we do have the ability to go buy a new vehicle, yeah, even at sticker price, and write a check. And it was not lost on me. Within seconds, it was not lost on me. And I admit, I thanked God that we're in a position that we can make this adversity an opportunity, an opportunity for a much needed new vehicle that will likely last us beyond a decade. And that's another benefit. That's another, that was another point of gratitude, but the ambition that wasn't an ambition that we had prior to encountering some problems that were going to require some major dollars. Didn't have an ambition to do anything with a new car. Wasn't, wasn't thinking I was in the market for a new car. I've long, I've long done some sales training things in the businesses where I have run and have informed salespeople every day when it comes to marketing and advertising in particular, when you get up this morning and you go to work and everything is fine with your car, you just get in your car and you just go. Now suppose that on the way to work, you have a blowout. One of your tires blows. Guess what you are now Guess where your ambitions are now? Your ambitions now are, I got to buy a tire. Your ambitions might be, I should buy a whole new set of tires. Well, just minutes ago, you were not even in the market for tires. You weren't thinking about tires. Tires were not top of mind for you. But all of a sudden, now you're thinking about, uh, where, where am I going to go? And those tire ads, whether you heard them on radio, whether you saw them online, whether you saw a billboard, whatever, you're now thinking about tires. You weren't thinking about tires before the ambition is now focused on, I got to get this tire fixed. What you were preoccupied with before it's changed. Our ambitions do that. And sometimes it's because of a blowout on a tire. Sometimes it's because of like our car trouble, but sometimes it's got nothing to do with any of that. It's got more to do with the planning and it's got more to do with the, the goals. Well, what I call the ideal, our ideal outcome, what do you most want to have happen? And when we think about ambition, I think most of us, that's where our heads go. Our heads go toward, you know, bigger goals and things. We're not thinking about buying a new car, replacing a tire, but it could be argued. Those are ambitions. Those are necessary ambitions. It's a tall, tall order to keep ourselves on a short, short leash. I wrote that sentence months and months ago, as I was thinking about self-control and restraint and temperance and self-discipline and all of these things that are just ridiculously hard possible, but very, very hard. You've got the power over yourself. Just like I've got the power over myself. I don't have the power over you. You don't have the power over me. Oh, I can influence you. You may can influence me, but at the end of the day, 
I've got to make the choice and I got to make the decision and I've got to take the action. And so do you, but the fools among us say, well, I can't help myself. Well, that's not accurate. It's an excuse. It's not a reason. It really is a surrender statement where people are basically just making a declaration. You know what I've decided to be? I've decided I'm going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victim of anybody and everybody who's out there. I'm going to be that guy. And I'm going to blame anybody and everybody for anything and everything in my life because nothing's going to be my fault. I'm just not going to accept anything as being my fault. Well, you could do that. You can absolutely do that. Plenty of people do. It's not the life of the ambition. It's not the life of the ambitious. It really is a coward's way to go, but you could do it. You can absolutely do it. Now I have no way of knowing how old you are. I have no way of knowing all the stuff that you may be battling at this very moment. The things that you have battled. I don't know what opportunities are now before you, whether you can see them or not. I don't know that either. I don't know the opportunities you see. I certainly don't understand or know the opportunities that you can't see. I can tell you this. We have all got stuff that we're battling. We have all got opportunities that we can see, and we've all got a whole ton of unseen opportunities. You know, I once considered 40 to be old. It's funny how it's funny how what you think is old how that changes over time ambitions don't have an expiration date but our perception of things i don't know that they've got an expiration date either but but boy can they change over time with decades of experience in fighting dragons i do have some different ambitions than i once had I mean, there were some things as a younger man that seemed very important to me at the time. And honestly, they, they were important. I'm not minimizing them and I'm not going to look at you if you are 40 and listening to me and tell you, well, your ambitions are ridiculous because I don't believe that. I believe that they are important for me as now a 65 year old guy. They're just, they're no longer as important if at all. That doesn't mean, okay, well, he's, his ambitions have just waned. His, no, this is growth. This is increased wisdom. This is also circumstance. This is also situation. I mean, come on. When you've got small kids running around your house, you are pursuing necessarily some specific things. When your kids are in high school, approaching college, you are chasing some very different things. When the kids leave home, they get married. They start having kids of their own. Well, it all changes even more. And with each of these circumstantial changes, because life changes, situations change, well, there are some drastic changes in ambition as well. For me, They have not lessened. They have in many ways intensified, but they've changed. They've changed. Now, 
let me tell you, here are my financial ambition-fueled terms. And these are not terms that 40-year-old me would have, I wouldn't have, I wasn't thinking about these words. I would not have uttered these words. I, I would have looked at you cockeyed as a 40-year-old, and I would have thought, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. And here are the financial ambition fuel terms for me right now, today. Sustainable, predictable, reliable, modest, practical, probable. Well, you know, it turns out that almost all of my ambitions, financial or otherwise, could be described now using these same terms. But like I just said, it wasn't always that way. It certainly was not that way in my 20s. It was not that way in my 30s. It was not that way in my 40s. And I, I will tell you, largely, it was not even that way in my 50s, probably until I was in my later 50s. But let's address something. And it may be something that you have experienced similar to me. Times when ambition was really to just survive, right? To just hang on, to just get through the present storm. You may be listening to me right now, and maybe you're going through some storm in life. And hopefully most of us, we don't live our lives completely engulfed in a storm, but we've had plenty of them. And some of them last a long, long time. And some of them are like those pop-up thunderstorms that happen in the heat of the summer and there's so much heat and moisture in the air they just pop up and they kind of explode and then the sun comes out maybe right now you're just trying to get through the present storm whatever that present storm is it's le- in those moments it's less about chasing sunshine it's much more about just getting out from under the hailstorm it's just from protecting ourselves from the lightning and the high wind, right? It's just, it's survival. Now here in North central Texas, we get thunderstorms. In in fact, when I first began working on this episode, and if you don't know this, I, I, uh, episodes percolate for me. I have got right now over at leaning toward wisdom.com. If you're familiar with WordPress, WordPress operates much like Microsoft Word. And I've got 70. I just looked and checked. I've got 70 drafts. Now, a draft is just a post that you're just kind of noodling on. You're working on it. And it, it may get published one day. It may never get published. It's just that's 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 where I kind of just catalog and I, I just dump any ideas. So I'll start a show idea with a thought or a quote or a phrase or a word or something, and I'll make some notes. I may even do some writing in complete sentences. I may bullet, I may, who knows? It could be whatever hits me at the moment. Well, I got 70 of those right now. And when I started this particular idea, I made a note that we were going through a thunderstorm and it just seemed ironic to me. And I made note of it here as I'm 
looking at my notes. So when I was crafting this idea, well, I wasn't thinking about sunshine. I was thinking about, well, here's another thunderstorm. And I was wondering how long it would last. And I got on my phone and I checked my weather app to see what the radar looked like. I, I was sitting right here inside the yellow studio safe, but I was also in the first day of trying to sell Rhonda's car, the old car. I mean, I had just listed it (laughs) and I had some people who were wanting to book appointments to come see it. And I mean, the weather was just not, it was not conducive for trying to show somebody a car. I didn't want to, I didn't even want to think about trying to show this car to somebody until this storm passed. My ambition wasn't centered around sunshine. My, my ambition in the moment was centered around, let's let this storm pass. Let's let all this rain fall first. And you know, then, then I'll let you come see it. I mean, I had, I had a number of people when I, I posted on Facebook marketplace and I immediately got barraged with spammers. But I also got barraged with a number of people who were seriously interested in, you know, where is it? And when can I come look at it? Meanwhile, I, you, we got thunder, we got lightning, we got pouring rain. You know, if I, at the time, if I wasn't selling her car, I frankly, this is how I'm wired. I would have embraced the storm because sometimes I kind of enjoy a good storm every now and again. I kind of, I'm the guy who kind of enjoys rain. I don't mind rainy days. I'm looking through the web as I am wont to do first thing in the morning. And I see this, I see this headline when older couples break up, it's not always about conflict. There's something else going on. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you're, if you're that curious or you care that much. When older couples break up, it's not always about conflict. There's something else going on. Now, of course, we're an older couple, so that's really the only reason I paid attention to it because I'm like, okay, well, we're an older couple. No, we're not breaking up. (laughs) There's no risk of us breaking up. But I was still curious, and it does speak to the ambitions that we may or may lack in our most sacred relationships, in our marriages. Let me read you a little bit about what this article says. You might find this interesting. I did. Here's what it says. Oftentimes, what we see among retirees is that it's typically not about conflict, says Galena Rhodes, Ph.D., a research professor in the University of Denver psychology department. The reason for divorce is lack of positives. Older couples, by contrast, tend to confront different challenges. With their kids grown up, they may struggle to reestablish their identities as independent from their role as parents. Shifting into retirement mode can also throw a wrench into the relationship. There's a link between transition and distress, Rhodes said. Going through any stressful event or change like retirement means change in how couples interact with each other. For older couples facing a malaise, there are ever-evolving alternatives to divorce. Opportunities to redefine the relationship abound. Well, I'm reading this, and of course, as I said, we've been empty nesters for over 20 years. My ambition in my marriage has no expiration date. I, I will tell you that if anything, I am way more ambitious when it comes to my marriage than I have ever been. 
and for, I think, for some simple but profound reasons. And I'll share them with you. Well, you knew I would. Number one, I cherish my wife more than ever. That's not new for me, but that has certainly deepened over time. Number two, faith and love have grown as both of us have grown older together. It was back in January 2nd, 1978. We made vows to each other before God, and we have a clear understanding of God's demands for a husband and a wife in marriage. I mean, after all, he instituted it. One man, one woman, together for life. That is our conviction. That is our belief. That is our faith. That is our commitment. Number three, I said it in an episode that I did about strong men. I'll put a link in that to the show notes as well. But it bears repeating, and I think it bears repeating mostly because of social media. I put my wife on a pedestal. I freely admit, sometimes not as well as I should or as well as she deserves, but I have never, ever put her or desired to put her on display. Number four, we are the most important people in the world to each other. Yes, we love our family, but our number one priority is each other. Now, it's necessarily so, and we want it to be that way for our tribe. I've said this before. We do not want to be our son's most important person. We don't want, as a couple, to be our son's most important people. That should be, and it is, his wife. Love isn't a competition. There's enough to go around. It's a matter of priority, though. It's a matter of devotion and devotion based on that priority. And number five, if it is to be, it's up to us. Oh, I know you've heard the phrase, if it is to be, it's up to me. But when you're a married couple, if it is to be, it's up to us. Rhonda and I are the architects of our marriage. We are the architects of our life together. Incorporated into that is our individual life. I don't decide for her. She doesn't decide for me. But each one of us owes the other due consideration for how our choices will impact both of us. So life is not this self-centered ordeal. Oh, I know. I know. Everybody tells you it is. You want to be happy, do your own thing, chase what you chase. Don't worry about anybody else. You know, it's along with a ton of profanity for the thing that you should tell the world. No, life is not a self-centered ordeal. Rhonda and I are in this together and we are in this together all the time. You know, time speaking of it can dampen. It can also fuel an ambition. My belief at this stage of life, I reserve the right to change my mind as always. But the best ambitions, I don't think they expire. And I don't think age, if anything, age magnifies them, just like the marriage. Ambitions, like having a great marriage, should not expire. We shouldn't let them expire. Helping the people that we love 
that shouldn't expire. Leaning toward wisdom. Yeah, that shouldn't expire either. I don't know what ambitions you've got. I don't know. I've done I've done an episode where I talked about enthusiasm waning. I would make a bit of a distinction, I think, between enthusiasm and ambition. I mentioned in that particular episode that I had begun this podcast, a podcast about a place over in Arkansas that I love, and I haven't lost my ambition for the place. I haven't lost my ambition for the people. I haven't lost my ambition for the podcast. What I did lose is I did lose some enthusiasm for my upfront role in the podcast. And so last July, okay, it was this past July, I I stepped away. I have not appeared on an episode of that podcast since July. The ambition didn't change. The enthusiasm for a particular role in that ambition, it did change. Does that make sense? I have these daily conversations with people, mostly clients, about pursuing their ideal outcome. And one thing that we, as humans, we really struggle with sometimes is the time and the effort that we spend in pursuit of something continues to make us sometimes want to hang on to something too long something that we've really we've just kind of lost our oomph for it's not something that we really care that much about anymore i'm not talking about a marriage i'm not talking about loving somebody but these other pursuits that we have and sometimes we can struggle in giving ourselves permission to let go of something because well it's just not what we want anymore Rhonda and I did not want a new vehicle, but here we are. We're waiting on one. Got a VIN number, by the way. Well, I don't have it, but the dealer's got it, so we know it's going to soon be on its way. That's how ideal outcomes go, and sometimes that's how ambitions go. I think it's critical for us, I know it's critical for me, to prioritize these ambitions because some ambitions just are weightier than other ambitions like a marriage like loving people and like leaning toward wisdom ambitions don't have to have an expiration date my name is Randy Cantrell the website is leaningtowardwisdom.com Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.